You're listening to a session of Come Celebrate, hosted by the Bay Christian Family Church. So you better unbuckle your seatbelt tonight and you better get ready because I only have a moment, but that's all I need. I'm gonna put some fire in your in your in your in your behind in your in your in your in your gut. I'm gonna Un- uh, unsettle you, make you uncomfortable because that's who I am and that's my anointing, okay? So if you leave here uh, unchallenged, I've not done my job. So we are going to challenge ourselves tonight. I mean, how many of you know that this is an urgent hour? Slap ons achter, afspring jou toe. The hour determines the character of the church. The church does not determine the character of the hour. So while many people are sleeping and strolling and missing that this is an urgent moment, that we are the generation standing between the living and the dead and people are comfortable with playing Sunday Christianity, looking for another goosebump. And if you want a goosebump, I'll give you a goosebump. And, and, and then I'm going to give you another goosebump. But then I'm going to bump you out of the church doors to go reach your world in Jesus' name. We, we don't need Kumbaya Christianity. We've had enough of that. We've had more preachers, more churches, more televangelists, more than ever with less impact ever in the world. So we better change the way we do things because the reality is, and, and, and I'm a man of faith. I come out of the Word of Faith movement. I'm not a negative person, but I'm a statistician as well. God gave me a brain to think and to analyze and to evaluate and to discern the times and to know what has to be done, like the sons of Issachar. In America, for the first time ever, church has declined to under 50%. 70% of millennials have, have, have disconnected from the church in America because of COVID. Most people go to church for what they can get. And they miss the whole point. That's why people have to be encouraged again and again, come back to church next Sunday. Listen, the church is not a pleasure boat. The church is not a little sailboat. The church is a battleship. The church is a place where we get mobilized for our assignment in, 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 in this life. So, um, uh, um, you know, if you've done this a long time like me, preaching 37 years, I'm not cynical. I feel like I've just started. But uh, time is short. Or the correct English, time is few. The hour is urgent, and that concerns me how many pastors, and there are not many pastors, I'm not having a go to anybody, play little charismatic games that changes nothing. If the church shuts down, will anybody in the community miss it? If the church is not changing the community, the church has become irrelevant because we are the salt, we are the light, we are the influencers, we are the game changers, we are the people that should determine the status quo, not the Grammy Awards, a satanic uh, production that causes everybody to be an uprage. We are the people. The church is the hope of the world. But if, 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 if we lose our fight, and that's what COVID did to many people, Baie mense het slaansakke geword in COVID. Baie mense het hulle spoed verloor. Many people are just surviving. Hey, God never called you to survive. And I can, can I tell you this as well? God never saved you to have a lifestyle. God saved you and He called you to a purpose. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. We have a purpose. We have an assignment. We have a calling. We are, come on, uh, 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 almost I said CRC, but you like my family. Come on, bae. We are here with an assignment and, 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 and people don't like to be challenged. People like to be comforted and to be allowed to settle. But Jesus is not a settler. Jesus never sits with the sitters. 
He runs with the runners. So my message tonight to provoke the hell out of some of you, to provoke something in, your, in, your, in you tonight, to, to get you off your rusty dusty, to get you off your blessed assurance, to get you out of your coma mindset that I saw in so many pastors during COVID, that this is your time. You were born for this hour. You're accountable for this hour. We stand between the living and the dead. We will give account before God one day for our friends, our relatives. And if the church did its job, then this world would be a better place. Can I at least have an amen here tonight? Come on, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. So I, I, I don't understand how people get saved and they lose their fight. Because when I study the Bible, I see Jesus never ever domesticated the disciples. He never uh, 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 toned them down. He left them wild and He harnessed them. Vandaag is mensen soos mak donkies in die kerk. A sterk man word gered, dan word hy soos a mak lammekie. Die pastoor staan daar te bang om die waarheid te preek. Want he wants likes on his social media. He doesn't want to change the world. And that's why we're not changing the world. Because we're not ready to speak truth from our pulpit, which is beyond uh, giving people a good feeling. As we sit here tonight, people are dying going to hell. Do we believe this? Your family, your friends. So I'm, I'm grateful tomorrow to be uh, uh, able to have a harvest event. But every day of our lives, people are dying. And I want to say this during this COVID, and I don't want to go back there all the time. I mean, I was on a campaign, most people knew it. Not to fight the government, which I did for 11 times, sat with the president, more than that, to fight ministers that were asleep. Not realizing that this is our watch and we'll give account. We'll stand before Jesus and give account. You better listen to me tonight. We will give account, not for the nice sermons you preached, but for the scoreboard of heaven that you change. So a thousand cannot be a thousand next week and the week after that a thousand and the week after that a thousand. That means we are not purpose driven and we don't understand our mission and our assignment because the mission of the church is the same as that of Jesus Christ. You go into all the world, you make disciples, you go into the highways, you go into the byways, you plunder hell, you populate heaven. That's not just the job of the evangelist, that's the job of every believer. And so we have to do something to get our people out of the pew. Because we're changing nothing yet tonight, except offending a few. How many of you were unsaved at one stage? Can, I, can you lift your hand and wave at me? Huh? How many of you used to brawl before you got saved? No, no, don't do this now. How many of you brawled before you, before you got saved? No, the rest of you always ran away when the fight showed up, right? That's why you're still running from the cause of Christ. I only have 20 minutes. The day you get saved, you are born into a battle, whether you like it or not. This soft, molly-coddling Christianity does not exist in the Bible. No way. No way. There is one assignment, and that is for every believer to be empowered by the Holy Ghost 
and to fulfill the only assignment, not the Great Commission, the only commission, which is to preach the gospel to all mankind. The challenge is our, our sheep are so fat that they've become lazy. They are so fed that they don't care about anything else. And we're going to have to change it. We're going to have to change the theme from the pulpit. We're going to have to change the message from the pulpit. We're going to have to change the urgency from the pulpit. We're going to have to make our people uncomfortable, offend a few people. If we want to see revival, we are going to have to get beyond wanting to be like, come on, somebody that, that loves God tonight, just jump to your feet, give Him a praise. Come on. Okay, and the rest of you, obviously what? So sometimes you don't pick a fight, but a fight picks you. And when a fight picks you, you either run from it or you run to it. I ask people, when COVID came, where did you stand? You run from or you run to? The day you get saved, you are born into a battle, a spiritual battle. And God said this to me. Every child of God, every Christian will give account for the hour that they are born in because we are the generation on watch. And we understand the church is one generation away from failure. If we don't reach the world, who will? If you, if you, if you travel the world like I do, you will see um, great preachers that, and, and men of God that carried fire and had great results uh, that were raised up in the 70s and the 80s. And then it's like a vacuum where you, are, where you really struggle to find people that start churches and those churches explode to thousands overnight, etc., 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 etc. Because everybody has followed a pattern in the church where they want to be cool, where they want to be liked, where they want to be nice, and they miss the whole assignment. Listen, you cannot be popular and effective. You want to see the fire of God, then you have to bring the presence of Jesus Christ to your church. You have to start conforming to your world and stop trying to fit into your friends and stop trying to look like your buddies at university. One foot in the world, one foot in the church. You have to make up your mind. I'm born again. I'm a heaven bound. My, I'm blood washed. I have an assignment. I am called by God. I was blind, now I see. And you need to get radical because I'll tell you something, my brother and my sister, not difficult to get people saved. It's when we lose our fire, our zeal that people stop getting saved. We still see over a thousand people saved every Sunday between Bloomington and Pretoria. Every single Sunday. You can give the Lord a praise for that because it's, it's worth clapping for, yes. Not a special harvest event. Every single week our altars are filled. Because I learned that my job is not to motivate the church. My job is to equip the church. Because we're in a battle. And the battle is for the soul of humanity. I can stand here and prophesy all day and tell you your name and tell you everything. By the way, nobody needs to tell me my name. My mother gave me my name. I know my name. I don't need that nonsense. Let me offend you from the offset. Because it changes nobody. What we need are people that take the cause of Christ seriously. That go beyond strutting their stuff. 
to understanding that Jesus died, not to give pastors an ego or to give pastors a, a reputation or to give pastors a profession. He shed His blood and He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, not to carry those titles, but to equip the saints for their work of ministry. And their work of ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. Thank you. Soul winning. Every believer called to reconcile people to God. That's the ministry, your ministry. Tell me you're a prophet. You're a prophet secondary. Your first ministry is to get people saved. As a prophet, if you call yourself a prophet, equip your church to soul saved. Otherwise, you're profiting nobody except your pocket. You need to use the gift that God gave you to equip the people. And, and the equipping is the equipping of the saints, which is the work of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm, I'm going to talk like this until I see somebody get so the hell in here tonight. They don't know people are going to get saved here tonight because we have to get shaken out of our comfort. We have to get shaken out of our out of our. Our, our, our cozy ways if we want to see a revival. Because let me tell you, listen, we are going to see the greatest revival the church has ever seen. We are going to go through the most difficult times that this world has ever seen. But that is God set up for the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost. He is going to move like we have never seen. But He's not going to move in every church. He's not going to move through every minister. He's going to move in the places where people seek the purpose of God, where people are willing to give God the glory and where people are willing to do anything to plunder hell and populate heaven. Now somebody can give the Lord a shout. Come on and praise. Hallelujah. So every Christian is called to get into the fight. Every person Jesus healed, delivered, immediately He sent that person back into the harvest field. He never said, oh, come all you faithful and sit and soak and be blessed. He said, be blessed to be a blessing. The minute we make everything about us, it's a swamp. No matter how good the singing. If it's not about the lost, it's a swamp. No matter how great the teaching. Because let me ask anybody here that's saved for 20, 30 years. What will you hear that you've not heard? What new information do you need? What revelation? What knowledge? Inspiration, yes. Faith, yes. We teach you, we feed you. It's part of our job. But what, what, do you, what don't you know? Well, then the question is, if we know the most important thing and we don't do it, where do we stand? Am I a little bit intense for you? I was like this in free state as well, okay? I think Gauteng made me worse. But it's not a game, this man. It's not a game. It's not a game. It's not a game. The pace some people serve God at, it's like more is no Not for people in hospital dying. Not for your friend that's wanting to commit suicide. Not for people tonight that are distraught and depressed. More is ni Now is all we have. It's time for every believer to decide where they stand. Every believer. You cannot waver between two opinions longer. You cannot stand this way and that way. You cannot be with one foot in the church, one foot in the world. You have to make up your mind, I'm in boots and all, or you have to go back to the world. Like the prodigal son and go sin until you've had enough sin. And when you are worn out and tired of sin, you come back to the house of God and you serve God with a passion. But I'll tell you, there are two reasons people don't go to church. They know a Christian and they don't know a Christian.
No one can sit on the sideline. This is not a cricket match. No Christian is called to sit in the stands and watch the preacher and critique the preacher. That's why we don't allow people to throw money when, when, when I preach. Because you're, you're not going to throw your money and validate my message because if I offend you, you throw money. You can put your money in the offering. Because I don't need your approval. You need to hear what I have to say. Oh, I know some of you are shocked because the wax is so thick in your ears, I haven't, it's not registered yet. Say, blokskorrel, kom, wat het pastoor Ellen gedink om hom te bring? Lewe, blokskorrel, blokskorrel. Wat het ding is, doen ek even al, ek het nie gekom na hierdie te luister nie. Ja, Jan, van hy was, is nou so diep in jou oorre. Jy luister van die man nie, want jy is die koning van jou mishoop, ach, koning van jou kasteel. Wat van hy mense wat werk in jou maatskapie? Wat van jou bierman? Te wil jy halleluja. Jy halleluja verander niks man. I'm actually a nice person, okay. It's okay, Ellen. They're not going to leave because of me. They'll be back for you. <laughs> we have to decide which I believe, and I don't want to go back, but it's a conversation I have with my friends, pastors, ministers, people that were uh, a passive during COVID. Uh, you know, if you walk with God, there's no just time out with God and you just abdicate responsibility and God says it's okay. No. You want to move forward, you're going to have to go back to God, have the conversation and say things right. You want God to move with you, you better get right with God. As a businessman, you said, Lord, I will do this, 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 this. God's blessed you, you've done nothing. Don't come in for another prayer. Get back to what God called you. Because sometimes we make God our servant. Sometimes we talk about God just will do anything and all the time and everywhere. When you walk with God, it's on a whole nother level. He holds you, oh, He loves you unconditionally. He's always gonna be there. But when we talk about kingdom responsibility, you better understand that when you give God your word, God takes you at your word as God gave His word and you can take God at His word. So when God calls you and God saves you, God gives you the same assignment and God says, now you, you stop living for yourself. Your life is not about yourself. Your life is about other people. The Spirit of God is upon you because God has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent you to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That is your assignment, not to be cool. Because the school church, look where it's got the church in the world. Because we want to act cool and we have no fire. No passion. So we need a generation that, that is hungry for God. We need people that will break at the altar. We need people that, that will do anything it takes to get a move of God. And stop trying to be this little popular puppet in the hands of people. And be a young man that's hungry for God. Be the man that spends time at the foot of the cross. Be the man that breaks before God. Be the person that cries out for a move of God. Because I'll tell you, it's not difficult to draw a crowd. 
Your slick ways will not draw people to your church. You set yourself on fire. You will not build a building big enough because people are attracted by the fire. People are attracted by the glory of God. When you carry the glory of God, people will feel it. They will see it. And they will change because of the glory of God. Your language, your speech can change nothing because it's not by might nor by power. It's by the Holy Ghost. What we need is an anointed generation, a generation. You may not be perfect in style like me, but you are somebody willing to take a risk for Jesus Christ, to get out of your boat and out of your comfortable situation and begin to walk on the water and preach the gospel and live radically for Jesus and watch what God is going to do. He'll take a shepherd boy. He'll turn you into a king. He'll take a prisoner. He'll put you into a palace. All God is looking for is one man that is sold out to God for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout all the earth looking for a man whose heart will be loyal to Him so God can show Himself strong on His behalf. Come on tonight. If you love God, you can give Him your biggest praise. I know you do. Come on. Hallelujah. So when Goliath comes, it's not a Bible story. It's Goliath defying the people of God trying to enslave them. The spirit of this world, what is happening is a Goliath that is trying to defy the church, Christianity. I mean, for the first time, denominations in England are talking about changing the Lord's Prayer to our parent after 2,000 years. We have to wake up. We cannot say everything is okay. We have to wake up. I said we have to wake up. We have to man up. When Goliath came, it was to enslave God's people, the spirit of the world, the spirit that is propagated from New Zealand, from Canada, now in America, that causes people to be confused about their identity. It is a spirit that is attacking the very core of our faith. And pastors are changing and adapting to what the world is dictating because somehow people have lost who they are. They've lost their cause. They've lost their purpose. They've lost their assignment. We don't judge the sinner, but we have to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because the gospel is the power of God into salvation, not your clever conversation. No conversation will change a human being. You need to bring the presence of God in your church, the power of God into your business, your family. They need to see the change. So here comes Goliath. He's a giant. There are many giants that we are facing. But this is a giant. COVID was a giant. It was, and I'm not negative. I'm not an end time prophet, but I'll tell you, you need to wake up. People say everything is going to get better. Not according to the Bible. In the last days, perilous times will come. Times are going to get more difficult, more harsh, more vicious, more terrible. Times are going to become, God will sustain you. God will carry you. But you better know all hell is about to break loose. But when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up against him. That's why God doesn't need a weak rollover fit in church. God needs a church that it will stand out some pastors with guts and determination. People that will look that Goliath in the eye and say, I will not back down. I'm going to take your head. I'm going to take your headship. I'm going to take your authority. I'm going to take your rule. And you will not slave our nation. You will not enslave our people. The church of Jesus Christ will be triumphant because He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Somebody say amen tonight. So, so David and Goliath is a generational thing. It's much more than a little Bible story. It's a defiant spirit, like the spirit of the age that we see in Hollywood, that we see through Disney. 
that we see through the Grammys, the Emmys, everywhere, in your face, influences that are trying to shape the culture while the church is silent. All we want to do is fall on the ground, have a goosebump, have no voice, have no impact, change nothing. No wonder nobody takes the church serious because the church is hidden in buildings every Sunday, playing games. I want to feel better about myself. Let me talk some truth here. And when God comes, you will feel better about yourself. But I'm talking to, how many of you are born again Christians yet tonight? Lift your hand. Yeah, so. So I'm not trying to get you saved. Tomorrow I'll preach differently. But there's going to be no tomorrow great harvest if you sit and look at me in this stone. I know I'm in your grill tonight. I know some of you are mad with me. But when last were you mad in church in any case? Okay, let's have joy. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. No, no, no. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. No, no, no. This joy that I have. To hell with the world. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it. To hell with those going to hell. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. That's the church. And right outside these doors are people begging. Right outside these doors are people broken. Right while we're sitting in this place, young kids are being molested. Broken. That's truth. It's reality. I think when we no longer get close to pain, we become professional. When we just deal with a certain constituency, we become irrelevant. Just walk out these doors and you'll see broken people. Walk into a home and you'll find there was a woman that was abused last night, beaten up by her husband. And you're getting mad with me? We should be getting mad. Because I'll tell you this, if our Christianity doesn't change, it's useless. Because the Christianity that Jesus Christ brought was a Christianity that changes world, the, the world. Not only brings a revival, brings a reformation. The Christianity Jesus brought was to disrupt everything. He said, I'm, I'm changing the status quo. I'm going to put a fire in your belly that's going to unsettle you. I'm going to put something in you that will make you uncomfortable. I'm going to set you on fire so that you will not be a settler any longer. When I get a hold of you, everybody is going to see something different about you. You will not be able to just sleep every night and think about yourself. You will begin to think about other people. You'll care about lost people. Your prayers will be different. Everything about you will be different. You'll come to church and you'll actually bring somebody with you to church. So winning souls will be part of what your life is because you realize, you realize the greatest slavery is spiritual slavery, which Satan has done by blinding the minds of people, lest they hear the gospel and they get saved. Goliath, Spirit of the world has our world enslaved. There is no hope for people outside of us. So if we're not passionate about saving people, who will save them? Who? 
So we want revival, we have to repent. And I'll talk about it tomorrow night where the fire of God falls. Because people want fire without sacrifice. You'll never have fire without sacrifice. Because sacrifice attracts fire. There's no cheap, easy, quick, fix, Pentecost. Lift your hands, say la ba ba ba. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. No, you're not filled with nothing. Because your nonsense is still in you. That nonsense never got out of you. Because when the Holy Ghost gets into you, there's not place for you. There's not place for your offense. There's not place for your ego. There's not place for your agenda. When the Holy Ghost gets into you, everything else steps out of you. It steps out of you. But that fire doesn't come without a real conversation with God. Where we sometimes have to be brought there may be a person like me that you don't like, I really don't care, to shock you to reality. Because I know I have a, I'll be in my time, don't worry. Um, if, 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 if the church in America is declining with more money in television, more money than ever, more visibility, more social media, more ever, but the churches are declining. Factual. I'm not making a negative st statistic. People don't come and talk faith here. I have faith. Build buildings by faith, etc., etc. But the scoreboard has to change. Don't faith me and nothing is changing in your world. That's not faith. Faith without works is dead. So it's, it doesn't work like that. So if the statistics, the statisticians are saying the demise of the church in America, the decline of the church in America, and the people are preaching more, more silver-tongued orators, more people with fashion and cool and all the nonsense that they think brings the anointing, which has nothing to do, your clothes has nothing to do with anointing or no anointing. You better carry the fire of God if you want anything to happen in your life. So our young people have followed a model that's not working. It's not working. If it worked, 70% of millennials would not have disconnected. So what we have done is not working. Until we don't get there and acknowledge it and say something has to change, we're never going to change it. Because we don't want to face the reality that what we're doing is not working. And that means for the priest, you need to get back to the altar. You need to go break on the altar again and get new wine to come out of you to bring life and healing. To the people. Jesus started with 12, one at a devil. Pentecost, 120. The rest is history. Look how many people we are here tonight. I say to our people all the time in Bloemfontein, in Pretoria, I said, we started, I started this church with less than 100 people. Today, 46,000 people, that's without Pretoria and all the other churches. I don't want to throw numbers here. But um, I always say to them, I don't need all of you. I need that block. If, if you... We're the only people that caught fire. We can change Somerset West. That's it. He doesn't need a crowd. He doesn't need a bunch of amen puppets. He needs revolutionaries. You understand? Spiritual malemas. Now you understand that. I mean, nothing he says makes sense, but people follow him. Why? Because he's radical. What's radical about you? Huh? Because if you're radical, you're going to offend. What's radical?
this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. No, 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 this joy that I have. Kijk, als ou my so gekyk het in een kroegjare terug, nee. I'm naughty, okay. I'm naughty, so I'm okay. You okay? You lost your salvation, hopefully. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving, please. I know sometimes I may be going overdrive. But I'm talking to your spirit tonight. Lukewarm Christianity is not doing it. One foot in the world, one foot in the church is not doing it. When Goliath came to challenge the armies of God, the Israelites were standing on the one side and the Philistines were standing on the other side and people had to make a decision. One man made a decision. His name was David. Nobody else would. Your family is at stake. Your friends are at stake. You're at stake. Maybe tonight you died. And if you died, would you go to heaven? You know, the Lord said to me during COVID, many people have run away from God and they've grown cold. And tonight I'm talking to your heart, your spirit, and I'm asking you to get right with God, not for your sake, but for the sake of your family and your children. To get right with God for the sake of your friends, to get back with God. Thank you for listening to this session of Come Celebrate. We hope you enjoyed.